How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Tuesday, December 13th, and today we're going to just talk a little bit about the transfer portal, um, some potential targets, um, somebody who they've already added, um, and then we're going to talk about some 2023 recruits who aren't yet committed to Texas. Um, before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. After that, make sure to check out our website, uh, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns updated roster, depth chart, 2023 recruits and targets, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. Um, with all that said, Michael, how was your weekend? Yeah, overall, uh, pretty good weekend. Uh, didn't really do a lot. Just kind of hung out around the house. But um, got to see Joe Burrow finally beat the Browns for the first time in his career. <laughs> yeah. So so that was fun. Um, but, yeah, overall, good weekend. Um, coming coming season. So it's going to be a good time here in the next few weeks. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And same with you. I kind of just stuck around the house all weekend. Um, Bears didn't play. So I, I really just had a free weekend of just <laughs> Army, Navy, obviously, which, oh my gosh, I, I gave the under as a pick. What Uh-oh. an absolute terrible beat if you bet it. Um, <laughs> I even moved the line to 36 and a half. So even oh, in no. overtime, I still had some <laughs> some hope. And Obviously, it hits at 37, exactly. Um, just an absolute brutal, brutal way to lose. But awesome to see Army win. I also had a little bit of money on Army. So um, it wasn't a total disastrous weekend. But, man, I've been cold betting the past couple of weeks. So <laughs> hopefully bull season will uh, will get me right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so before we get started, I kind of mentioned to you, but I think we got to talk about uh, Mike Leach uh, passing this uh this morning so he went into the hospital sunday night um all day monday all kind of reports about you know it was kind of hazy of of what was really going on but i think the general public kind of assumed some kind of heart attack or or something like that and that's what it ended up being um and he passes away um you know this morning incredibly sad Um, I don't know if you know this, but he is quite literally probably my favorite coach that doesn't have an affiliation with any of my teams. Um, He was like an absolute genius. Um, Just like him and Hal Mummy creating the air raid offense completely changed football. Like not, not, not hyperbolic at all. Like everything you see from Lincoln Riley to Steve Sarkeesian to, um, you know, obviously Mike Leach's tree, um, just passing the ball, even in the NFL, you see, uh, guys like Patrick Mahomes throwing it 50 times or Joe Burrow, even throwing it 50 times a game. That is all because of the air raid and how successful it was in, you know, transforming, um, straight up bad football teams into, um, you know, actually winning teams, um, just using, schematic to beat talent is it was just completely uh genius on him and Hale Mummy's part so 
him changing the game like that, but also just having a laundry list of assistant coaches and ex quarterbacks turn into other coaches and, um, you know, just speaks to how smart he was and his eye for talent himself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we heard the news Sunday, it was kind of shocking and kind of like a, uh, you know, you were just sick to your stomach kind of thing right? Um, because it kind of came out of nowhere. And, and, you know, that's kind of how these things happen. Yeah. Mike Leach, what a great coach, uh, great person, hilarious. I mean, I I've spent a good part of the day, you know, going through Twitter threads and watching some yes. of his best clips, <laughs> some of his best interviews yes. and it, it. He was a generally funny guy. Uh, and, and like you said, amazing coach uh, changed the game of football. You know, if Mike Leach isn't around, you know, I'm not going to say that we're still running the early 2000s offense, but, you know, I I wonder what the game would look like today. It's it's changed so much because of him. And and, um, you know, it's a sad thing to see him go. And and um, I I just feel for his family and all the people around Mississippi State um, and Washington State and even Texas Tech um, with his passing. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. I forgot to mention that. But, yeah, thoughts and thoughts and prayers to his family and uh you know always like you said something that shocking is always like the hardest you know it's always the biggest gut punch is something when it happens that soon or that sudden i should say um so yeah just an absolute terrible situation um and you know i i saw this also but i guess uh i didn't know this the college football Hall of Fame has a 60% winning percentage uh, requirement to get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach is kind of sitting right around like 59% or something like that. I forgot where I read this, but um, anyways, they absolutely need to make an exception in, in that regard because a, a college football Hall of Fame without Mike Leach in it is, is, is not a real Hall of Fame. It's, it would turn <laughs> into the MLB Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. where they just are leaving obvious, obvious, uh, people out of it. So I, I hope they make some kind of exception and Mike Leach gets in it because he absolutely deserves it. We've, we've talked about it now a couple times, but he just completely changed the game of football in general. Um, you know, so getting him into a hall of fame is an absolute must. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hope, hopefully we do see that, um, happen i've been to the college football hall of fame in atlanta and it's it's awesome uh i am definitely going to go back the next time i'm in atlanta um really fun time and highly recommend it but i hope next time i go that i see mike leach's uh mike leach's name in there yeah yeah that'd that'd be awesome all right um now let's kind of switch gears a little bit into something a little bit more fun um let's talk about the transfer portal um I have a list here of a few names. I'll just list off my three. And these are guys who, one, I I wrote about last week. Um, But they're just guys who I'm just connecting dots in my own head. You're going to list off some other names who are um, actually looking good for being um, Texas Longhorns um, in the 2023 season. So list of names I have here, and I kind of want your feedback is Tommy Brockermeyer, offensive tackle, formerly at Alabama, currently in the portal. Uh, Justin Flo, linebacker, 
formerly with Oregon. Uh, J.Q. Hardaway, cornerback, uh, formerly with Cincinnati. Um, any thoughts on any of those three guys? Uh, you can take them one at a time. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with uh, Tommy here. Um, you know, when the when the news first broke that he was going into the transfer portal, um, you know, I was 100% against it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and I, I even put in the chat, you know, uh, I, I don't want him. Um, now I'm kind of torn because he was a five-star. Um, you know, mm-hmm. He just got buried on the depth chart at Alabama. And, you know, a change of scenery sometimes is really good for guys. And I think Tommy might be one of those um, that he goes to, you know, um, gets back to his roots, kind of focuses on football a little bit more and, and shows out. Um, the thing is, is our offensive line room is stacked with young talent. Yeah. Um, yep. So it, it may be a situation where he, you know, I'm not saying it would happen, but he gets here and he kind of gets buried on the, on the depth chart again. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we kind of talked about it, um, stacking talent to compete with the Alabamas and Georgias and all that. Um, he was a five-star at one point. He has that talent. We know he can be a monster in the trenches. Um, and maybe Kyle Flood's the one who could bring that out of him. Um, realistically, though, everything I've read and, and heard and seen is we're not looking to add anybody on the offensive line. So, you know, I, I just don't think that's a real realistic move. Um, TCU maybe being a player there, um, they're just <laughs> – they had a really good year, and I, I think they're about to reload this offseason in the transfer portal and, and try to make another run for it um, in, in 2023. Um but that, that's kind of my thoughts on Tommy, and then uh, let's let, me, to... let me uh, let me yeah. talk about Tommy with you yeah. for a minute, and then we'll we'll move on to flow. Sorry, I kind of set you up bad there. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I I think you are right about um, you know Texas not looking to uh, add another offensive lineman to this group. The only reason why I threw his name out there is one the obvious connection of his dad yep. and his. Uh, older brother playing for Texas already. And then the other thing is Kyle flood recruited him. Now he never coached him, but Mm -hmm. he was his recruiter um, at Alabama. So I thought maybe there was a little bit of a connection there. And then the other thing is the right tackle spot is a huge hole for this Texas team right now. Um, I think we've talked, we talked about this last week as well, but to fill it, is it really – there isn't an obvious choice. A lot of people are saying Cam Williams, but we haven't seen him play. So I I find it hard to believe that we can just, you know, insert him into the lineup with, um, you know, very little pushback from the rest of the roster. Now, maybe a guy like um, uh, offensive, line, offensive tackle uh, commit – I'm forgetting uh, the Peyton name. Kirkland? line Peyton Kirkland yes now maybe he can um you know battle it out with Cam Williams for that right tackle spot and we can kind of have a another true freshman on the offensive line like we saw uh this 2022 season but I think Tommy Brockermeyer is really talented and I think we should give him a shot but um I totally understand where you're coming from where it just looks like Texas isn't looking to add anybody. So mm-hmm. and also I think you're right. TCU is going to reload because I think Max Duggan has another year of eligibility. So it's not totally out of the question that he can run it back himself with Sonny Dykes. Yeah, and you know, even if Doug, um 
you know, I, I've heard even Hudson Card looking at TCU, um, yeah. and, and what a what a story that would be. You know, he goes there and and piles it on us uh, when we go to Fort Worth to play them. That that would not be fun at all. Um, no. and, and even you know names in the transfer portal like JoJo Earl. Uh, he's supposedly going there and um, a, a wide receiver out of A and M. I, I can't remember his name, but it everything that I've heard, it sounds like TCU is about to you know, turn up in the transfer portal and add a lot of key targets. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, only time will tell. And, and we'll, But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I completely understand um, with Kyle Flood being uh, Tommy's recruiter and kind of bringing him in that class. Um, you know, again, if they brought him in, if they kind of switched gears, so to speak, and, and started looking at offensive linemen and, and offered him, I, I wouldn't be mad at all. And, if he did arrive on campus, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. I'd, I'd actually be happy um, just because, like I said, he, he's a five-star at one point. He has the talent. Um, a change of scenery might be a good thing, and he may be able to come in and, and kind of start at that right tickle, right tackle uh, position at, from day one. But um, we'll see. You know, again, I, I don't think Texas is looking at, to add on the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he's a very good player, and I think wherever he goes, he, he should be able to succeed and, and – um, make the best of the rest of his career. Absolutely. Um, next name on the board here is Justin Flo. Yeah, Justin Flo. Um, I, I remember the, the first time I saw his name in the portal, I was super excited and I wanted us to jump on him immediately. Um, I, I just don't know if that's going to happen though. I, I feel like we have our eyes set somewhere else. Um, and mm-hmm. that's the staff that I'm talking about, but um, Justin Flo, I, I feel like is a really, really good linebacker, a really young linebacker. Um, and, and we've seen what choke can do, um, developing linebackers, um, like we saw with Jamin Ford, um, and getting a five-star talent in Justin Flo, I, you know, I, I, I would really like to see what Jeff choke could do with that. Um, he turned a three-star player like Jalen Ford into, um, should have been big 12 defense player of the year. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, but turning, getting a five-star player like Justin Flo or even an Anthony Hill. Um, it's going to be really, really, really fun to watch and see um, what they turn into over these next few years. Um, I just don't see that one happening. Again, that's a player that I really want. I still really want. Um, but I, I just feel like it's 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 not going to work out that way. Yeah, and now he's one. You said you were totally against Brockermeyer. I thought Justin Flo was, um, you know, kind of over – over-evaluated as a recruit, overrated as a recruit, I should say. But I looked into it more then because, you know, I'm, I'm just curious and I wanted to see. Um, but he was actually dealing with a lot of injuries at Oregon. So, you know, you could kind of, um, you can kind of explain away his, uh, him struggling and him struggling to find the field there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, but again, now we're getting a little bit more into the into the season. I wrote down these names um, a couple uh, last week, like I said. So now that we're getting a little bit deeper into the transfer portal window, um, you're kind of explaining away these these ads here. So to kind of parlay that, let's talk about J.Q. Hardaway, um, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. And you know, I mentioned a cornerback. Maybe I picked the wrong one. Yeah, um, J.Q. Hardaway was another one that as soon as I saw him, he jumped in the pool. I I wanted him really badly. And we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. It seems like every person we see 
they're like, oh, we need to take a shot there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that's just not. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it would be that's college football, baby. That's recruiting, too. You just want <laughs> yeah. everybody. That, that's something that I might do uh, when the new college football game comes out. I may just add everybody Absolutely. from the transfer portal. But, uh, yeah, J.Q. Hardaway um, has that big, kind of like Ryan Watts, 6'3". Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having two 6'3 would be uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. Having, having two 6'3 corners who, you know, they can't throw jump balls their way because they're 6'3 and go up and knock it down. I don't care how tall mm-hmm. the wide receiver is. Um, but – you know, it, it was, he was also one that um, I think when he first um, entered the portal, you know, there were there were some rumors that Texas might look his way. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything since then uh, if they have or not. Um, but it would be fun to have him and Ryan Watts on opposite ends of the field or, or opposite sides of the field. Sorry. And uh, starting <laughs> every Saturday. But I, I just don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, especially with this. Uh, new cornerback that you kind of led into a little bit. Yeah, why don't you talk about him for a little bit? Yeah, Gavin Holmes out of um, uh, Wake Forest. I, I don't know why I can't remember at the beginning too, but uh, Gavin Holmes out of Wake Forest is uh, supposedly supposed to visit this weekend. Um, you know, another good cornerback, and you, you kind of have his grades pulled up there. But um, mm-hmm. another one that is experienced and, you know, should be able to come in and compete for a starting job and maybe even win a starting job. Um, you know, another guy who kind of went to a lower level school at the time when he was recruited. Um, now Wake Forest has been really uh, a really good team over these past couple of years, but um, yeah, I, I'd be happy for him to, to join our team and, and we'll see how the visit goes this weekend, but um, I have a good feeling about us bringing him in. Yeah. So you mentioned the, the, the grades here. PFF has has him graded um, 66.3, which doesn't sound great, but the way PFF grades is they only grade cornerbacks targets. So they don't grade cornerbacks when they're not targeted. So it's it's kind of a flawed system for sure. Um, And he was only targeted 43 times last (laughs) year. So um, obviously a really talented player standing at five foot 11, 175 pounds. He kind of fits that shark uh, Deshaun Jameson mold a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's kind of what um, Pete Kwiatkowski likes. Maybe, maybe he found something there where he wants one bigger, taller um, cornerback on one side, and then one a little bit more faster athletic um, could play more of a soft zone on the other side. So um, I, I, I don't know. That's kind of just me reading between the lines here. Um, I'd have to look at Gavin Holmes a lot more, and I will. Um, if, if Texas does end up, if he does commit to Texas and Texas offers him and his visit goes well, um, then I will definitely probably watch every single one of his snaps uh, from the 2022 season. Right now, <laughs> I'm just not going to commit myself to that because, uh, you know, that's a lot of work for somebody who we might not get. So. But I would be extremely excited to get him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, same thing with me. You know, I just saw this earlier, so I haven't had much time to dig into it too much. But, again, um, you know, if if he does end up committing to Texas uh, via the transfer portal, then, yeah, Ryan and I will have to go in a little more in-depth and and see what he's really made of. Yeah, that's a bad thing. We we recorded early last week because we thought maybe there would be, you know, things flying all over the place, new news everywhere, but really it's been 
it's like the quiet before the storm. Almost. We haven't really gotten a whole lot of anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully over these next couple of weeks, especially with early signing day coming up next week, I believe, um, you know, it, hopefully things will pick up and, and uh, we'll get some exciting news out of the portal, out of the transfer portal and the 23 class. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just pulling up Deshaun Jameson's stats here. Um, he had 42 targets last year, so really similar to Gary, uh, Holmes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he graded out at 75.2, so a little bit better than Holmes, but he's also a little bit more experienced. Um, so, you know, obviously that has something to do with it as well. Um, all right. Uh, did we have any other names? Oh, one we got to talk about, which I'm very indifferent about. Um <laughs> Hunter, Ryan Sanborn uh, commits to Texas um, from Stanford in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. Um, <laughs> we're, I'm still not sure what's going on with our boy, Danny Trejo. Um, if he's coming back or if he's going to declare for the NFL or um, hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else, maybe he stays on with Texas even and um, competes for the, the starting job. I mean, it is Texas, so you're going to be competing for the job no matter what. Isaac Pearson hits the portal. Maybe this is just Texas getting some depth here at, at uh, Punter. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. Um, you know, we don't really know what's going on with Treo. We'll maybe have to get him back on and, and let him clarify uh, when he knows mm. what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, Isaac Pearson hits the portal. Um, that leaves us with one punter, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Treo stays. So adding another one is um, just kind of a security blanket uh, in case one of them gets injured. You know, we have some something else to work with there. Um, so you, we'll see how it plays out in spring camp. You know, competition is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, usually brings out the best in, in each other. So um, yeah. I'm not too worried about it right now, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the spring and, and see what happens with uh, Daniel Trejo here in the next uh, month or so. Yeah, we were just talking about 15 minutes ago about stacking uh, position rooms and and trying to, um, you know, have people compete for spots. But I don't like it when it's our best, Danny (laughs) Trejo. I want him to be awarded the spot. Um, That is just my bias. I will forever be in Danny Trejo's corner. So, Um, all right. Uh, I guess if you want we can just start talking about these recruits or is there any other transfer portal names who you want to talk about you think texas should go after um anything like that um not now not that i can think of off the top of my head um i did something let me let me see if i can find it real quick um an a&m edge player who played quite a bit from what i remember um edrin cooper um is expected to hit the transfer portal soon that that would be a big loss for them at linebacker um and you know I, I think that's one that the texas staff might give a look just because he he was a very good player um for a&m and, and highly touted um but what this says right now is is lsu is kind of the the leader there even though he hasn't even entered the portal yet um <laughs> so yeah the, that's kind of college football now but, yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I think the staff would give him a look, um, and I, I don't know if they'd even offer send out an offer or or, or what would up what would be up with that. But um, that's one to keep your eye on as a Texas fan. Absolutely, he's another one though that Texas has a 
pretty loaded defensive line <laughs> yeah. um, group already, and then also uh, commits uh, coming into Texas. So that's another one, kind of like Tommy Brockermeyer, where it's like you probably add them more for their talent than you do uh, necessity, um, which you know is fine. That's great, but um, just something to to keep an eye on. Um, all right, let's talk about a couple of these recruits. Um, maybe I'll just do it one at a time here. Um, Anthony Hill. Um, he's a Texas lean right now, but honestly with national signing day one coming up, um, in what is that next week, right? Next week. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, I think it's next it's Wednesday. The 21st. Yeah. It's the 21st, I think. So what we'll probably do actually, we're, we're, uh, you know, breaking the wall here, um, talking <laughs> about the show, but what we'll probably do is maybe record on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, because then we'll actually have concrete, um, you know, uh, signees. Um, so maybe we'll record on Wednesday night to get out to you guys on Thursday. So you'll have a good list of who signed, um, and kind of what that recruit, um, what that, uh, signing class kind of looks like. So, um, but okay. Anthony Hill, um, Texas lean right now, but, until national signing day, um, you know, or until he commits after decommitting from Texas A&M, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, what say you about Anthony Hill here? Yeah, he's one that, um, kind of like, you know, he, he likes to keep his cards close to the vest. Um, Mm -hmm. every, everything I've read is the family's gone quiet. You know, all the sources have gone quiet And, and, you know, I, I understand that because, um, as a kid, you know, if you don't go quiet, somebody's going to spoil it before the before signing day comes around, and everybody's going to know. Um, that happened to uh, Peyton Peyton Kirkland, right? Yeah, yeah. He he randomly committed to Texas. Texas wasn't in his top ten or something, and in Texas, uh, he commits to Texas. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that got spoiled for him as well. Um, so yeah. I I kind of understand it. Um, I, I'm still really confident with him, though. Um, yeah. A&M is a dumpster fire right now. They they don't really know what they're doing. They're losing a lot of players to the portal, um, especially in that linebacker room. I think they only have one or two um, scholarship linebackers on the roster right now. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's kind of falling apart on the defensive side over there for them. Um, so I feel really confident here, um, especially with the way that uh, Jeff Choate was able to, you know, show he can develop with, with uh, Jalen Ford. Um, Anthony yeah. Hill, I, I kind of consider him a lock, but if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd, I'd say 80, 20, uh, Texas yeah. versus A&M. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I kind of agree with you there. Like I said, I never feel great about it until they, until they commit and they put pen to paper, but, um, Anthony Hill, I feel pretty good about. And like you said, Jalen Ford is a, and even DeMarvin Overshown too, he's improved from last year as well, but Ford kind of just outshined him this year. Um, they are probably the best ways uh, to recruit for Jeff Cho yeah, in that linebacker yeah. room. So um, that would be great. Next one here I got is JV and Taviano. Um, it looks like it's down to LSU in Texas. Um, again, another guy who keeps his, um, cards close to his vest, like you said. Um, but people are thinking he's an LSU lean. Um, 
what what do you have to say about JV and Taviano? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I I yeah. think he's going to go to LSU. Um, yeah, said something to the group last night um, that said after his in home visit he was leaning Texas. I don't agree with that. I, I just yeah. I just don't think one in home visit is going to change that completely. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the su- success LSU had this year. Uh, yeah. But who knows? You know, recruiting is a fun game sometimes. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has been known to um, flip players down the stretch or even uh, grab players who weren't even thinking about Texas. Um, mm-hmm. th- this guy has kind of been – kind of had Texas in his mind the whole way, um, yeah. us, A&M, LSU, that kind of thing. Um, but we'll we'll see. You know, I, I I don't feel very confident with him, not as much as Anthony Hill, obviously, but – um, I, w- I would kind of put it that same 80-20 LSU uh, versus Texas. Yeah, and I think if Texas walks away with one out of two of these guys, um, it's a win on National Signing Day 1, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, they're both right around that five-star mark. Uh, Anthony Hill is a bona fide five-star. Taviano is right on that cusp. I think he's a, around that 50 number, but um, still super talented player. At that point, the stars really don't matter. They're both incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is only two DBs are in this recruiting class right now, Malik Muhammad and Derek Williams. So Taviano really would be huge for this DB room. I know we have a couple of young guys like uh, Larry Turner Gooden, um, BJ Allen, um, Austin Jordan, um, and then Jalen Gilbo and Terrence Brooks. But so that's 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 five young good players. But you still want to see um, continuing to add because otherwise you're not going to be a very deep roster. And when one of those guys go down, um, it's going to be bad news for you. So that's looking ahead to the 2023 and 2024, um, you know, uh, season for for a thin roster but that's what you have to do in recruiting mm-hmm. i absolutely agree so somebody who might be able to bolster this db room who we've actually talked about before is jelani mcdonald um was committed to oklahoma state at one time has decommitted since then um but still hasn't committed anywhere yet now i think he's a pretty big texas lean at this point and as soon as he decommitted I almost thought we were going to get a commitment right away. <laughs> yeah. um, almost like we did uh, Colton Vasek on the edge, but we didn't. So that worries me a little bit. Um, do you have any more thoughts on Jelani McDonald? I, I mean, it's kind of the same thing for me. Yeah, There was yeah. a lot of buzz that he would flip to Texas, and he decommitted, but he never flipped. He just kind of sat there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine you know I, I i still feel really good with where we sit with him um i haven't really heard or read anything about him recently um so I, i'm just going to assume that we're kind of still in a good spot to, to end up winning him out um he's one of those guys that will early enroll um so we can see him sign on early signing day, but um i i don't really know what his plans are at this at this uh point but the one that you know a top 150 player 62 190 has that good size safety or, mm-hmm. or even cornerback um so yeah it I, i'm confident there um but again it's it's recruiting <laughs> anything can happen in yeah. these next couple of weeks um and it wouldn't surprise me one bit whatever happens absolutely um 
All right, just keep going down this list a little bit. Now I'm going to kind of group these guys together here. Um, actually, I'm going to go one more that's uncommitted right now uh, before I get into a couple of guys that are committed somewhere else. So uncommitted, Douche Robinson, tight end. Um, another guy, top 25-ish player. Um, Texas has been going so hard for this guy. Uh, <laughs> right now, a lot of people have him as a USC lean, but man, Arch Manning, um, in particular, is recruiting him hard on social media. He just posted about him on his story last night. Um, man, Deuce Robinson would be so much fun in the Steve Sarkeesian offense with Jatavion Sanders next year and then all on his lonesome in the 2024 season when Jatavion Sanders goes to the NFL. Uh, absolutely. He would be a really, really fun player to watch. Um, you know, like you said, USC is kind of the lead. Georgia's up there. Um and then it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of us, I, I would say, three or four. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, he would be a really, really, really fun player to add to this class. Um, and like you said, in 2024, it'd be him, Arch Manning, John T. Cook, uh, Cedric Baxter. You know, the, this offense yeah. sounds really, really fun. Um, but it's, it's kind of USC's um, ball game to lose, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, he's a West Coast guy out of Arizona. Um you know, I, I just feel like he's going to end up going there, especially with the season they had. And, and um, Caleb Williams coming back next, um, he, he could be a difference maker right away for, for the Trojans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, a couple guys who are currently committed elsewhere. I'm just going to give them off in bunches. Wide receiver currently with Louisville. Um, Johnny Bowens and Justin Benton are two defensive linemen who kind of had a little bit of Texas buzz for flip watch, but it never really materialized. So I'm not sure how real it is anymore, um, but just two guys to kind of monitor here. Um, Johnny Bowens currently committed to Oregon and then Justin Benton currently committed to West Virginia. Um, do you have anything to say about any of these three guys? Um, Obviously, like I said, the two defensive linemen are kind of not afterthoughts at this point, just somebody to maybe monitor in the back of your head, but it doesn't look great for Texas for those two. Yeah, I, I would go um, – I'll start with DeAndre Moore. Uh, he's one that I'm, I'm really, really confident with, um, mm-hmm. especially with Ruben Owens leaving. Um, you know, I just feel like DeAndre Moore is going to end up a, a Longhorn, and he's going to end up a Longhorn here in the very shortly – um, but you know, like I said, it's recruiting. Anything could happen. Um, yeah. he could, you know, decide to stay with Louisville there and, and stick it out and see what he can do there. But, you know, I, I feel really, really confident with him. Any, any kind of fits that, um, the build Steve Sarkeesian likes the six foot one eighty five, which, mm-hmm. um, and he's a West coast guy, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has those West coast roots and, and he's recruited that area of the country very well. Um, so yeah, I, I feel really, really confident there. Um, going down to these D line guys, um, Johnny Bowens is one that, you know, I, I don't really feel confident with at all. I feel like he's going to stick mm-hmm. with Oregon and, and kind of stay there. Uh, Justin yeah. Benton, on the other hand, uh, I feel like he's the one that could make a move here fairly soon. Um, I, I just feel like the way West Virginia's played, you know, they don't really have a quarterback right now. Um, yeah, they're kind of in an awkward situation. Um, I, I feel like Justin Benton's the one who will end up flipping to Texas and, and, uh, join this 23 class. Um, and, and 
he looks like a really good player as well. Um, kind of shorter, six two, which I mean that's weird saying six two short, but yeah. um, <laughs> but you know he he's one that may be a little bit more of a project, um, and and we'll see development from uh, the the D line coach and PK as well. Um, but he's the one I feel most confident in out of those two on the D line. Yeah, absolutely. And DeAndre Moore, I think the worst thing that could happen to Texas is Jeff Brom being um, brought in as Louisville's head coach because Jeff Brom, even though he's coming from the Big Ten, is kind of more of an offensive guy. And he had guys like Rondale Moore, um, you know, playing well at Purdue. So DeAndre Moore, that could be a selling point for Jeff Brom. Um that Louisville's getting some new life here. Obviously, we see Ruben Owens has already flipped to Texas A&M. Um, hopefully, we see the same with uh, DeAndre Moore, and he flips to Texas here. Because like you said, um, he is exactly what Steve Sarkeesian looks for in a, in a wide receiver. So that would be a really exciting flip for us. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, if we are able to flip DeAndre Moore, uh, that's three wide receivers we'd be bringing in in the top 100. Um, yeah. that, that's something we haven't had in a while and uh, something that I would very, very much look forward to. Um, so hopefully hopefully Steve Sarkeesian and Brendan Marion can pull that off. But um, again, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens uh, next week. Absolutely. And it should be noted that DeAndre Moore took his last official visit with Texas um on november 12th in 2022 so texas was the most recent um official visit of his that's always a great sign um yeah, when you're trying yeah. to flip somebody so um we will see and hopefully we'll get these answers um next week or at least most of these answers now i'm going to pose a question to you i kind of did prep you for this before the show but <laughs> um do you have any sort of in, in, in now this doesn't have to be somebody who you're guessing is going to do it, but maybe somebody you would like to see do it. Um, that maybe is realistic. So your surprise flip, um, like last year we saw Terrence Brooks flip from Ohio state to Texas. And it came as a pretty big shock. I feel like to most of, uh, you know, Longhorn nation. Is there anybody um, in the class that you kind of are, have your eye on right now? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of give you a couple that are realistic um, mm-hmm. and then kind of a fantasy one, I guess. Um, at tight end, uh, if we do miss out on Deuce Robinson, we've been pushing really hard for this guy. Uh, I'm going to butcher his first name, but it's Camorium, Camorian uh, Pimpton out of, out of Fort Worth. He's currently committed to Vanderbilt, um, top 300 um, player nationally and a top 16 tight end in the country. Um the staff's been pushing really, really hard for his commitment and yeah. and trying to flip him. So that's one that I could really see um, taking place. Um, and then let me jump over to Weaver real quick. Um, two guys that you know I, I could see realistically flipping, um, which would be a really big wide receiver class. So I don't know how realistic this is, but um, mm-hmm. Jacoby Lane out of Mesa, uh, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, currently mm-hmm. committed to USC, 6'4", 175, real tall, lane receiver. And then Kyle Parker out of uh, Lucas, Texas, um, currently committed to LSU. Um, but Jonte has been on him a little bit about maybe flipping. Mm-hmm. So so I could I could realistically see those two. It's a second look and, and seeing what happens there. 
Um, and then, you know, if if I want to jump into fantasy land here, uh, let me take a look. Who who would I want? <laughs> um, if I if I was going to flip anybody, I would probably say Zalance Hurd. Um, currently committed yeah. to LSU, uh, top thirty player in the country, um, top four offensive tackle. Um, but man, he he's a monster, and I, I would love <laughs> love love to add him to this class. Yeah. Um, I absolutely don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that's just me throwing a quarter in the wishing well and, and seeing what happens. But yeah, um, yeah Lance Hurd would be one that I would, if I could flip anybody, that, that would be the one. And if you were listening to us, we brought up Zalance Hurd a few times, uh, obviously before he was committed to LSU. Yeah, um, yeah. Kyle Flood and this Texas staff were going hard after Zalance Hurd. Um, they wanted him bad. So I maybe they did completely stop or maybe Zalance Hurd completely shut down his recruiting but obviously it's unrealistic because LSU had such a good season yeah. um, and Lance Hurd is from Louisiana so that would be a really hard flip but there is uh there is a pathway for it you know it's not completely out of out of the realm of possibilities um so I have two two I have two as well and they are a little bit in fantasy land with you there with the lands heard, but one of them coming from dumpster fire, Aggieland, Bravion Rogers, the cornerback. Yep. Um, I mentioned, we only have two DBs in this class right now. I would love to get Bravion Rogers to flip to Texas. We were in on him really hard with JV and Taviano and Malik Muhammad. Um, so I, I feel like that line of connection hasn't been lost yet maybe kind of like Lance heard it has been and he completely shut it down but with the bad season Texas A&M has had I feel like there's a chance that Bravian Rogers could kind of shock college football as a top 100 player I think he's actually in the top 60s um, but either way shock everybody and flip to Texas on national signing day one um and then the other one I have is Jaquiz Petaway, wide receiver. He's a guy who um, nobody really knew what he was thinking. He was always between Texas and Oklahoma. He's committed to Oklahoma right now. Um, but Oklahoma's, Oklahoma had an okay season. Um, they got to six wins, so they made their bowl game. Um, so it wasn't a complete disaster. Um, and it would be kind of shocking if he flipped at this point, but he's a little bit of a wild card in that way. So he's a guy who I think could be a surprise flip, obviously not going to bet any money on it. Even if I could, it would be plus a lot, plus 2000. <laughs> I'm making up a number be, it would be a long shot, but those are two names who I kind of could talk myself into maybe flipping on national signing day. Yeah, and I would love to see either one of those. Um, you know, another guy that Texas was kind of in on um, at that last moment, actually two guys, um, Caleb Downs and Peyton Bowen, uh, two mm-hmm. safeties, the top two safeties in the country. Um, yeah. You know, there, there was some noise around Caleb Downs um, at the end of his recruitment before he committed to Alabama, but, you know, it was yeah. never serious. Uh, those are another two guys that I would I would love to add to this class. Again, yeah. most likely not going to happen. Uh, but, but uh, 
who knows? Maybe Steve Sarkeesian pulls a rabbit out of his hat, uh, which he's not going to do with these guys. Tr- trust me, <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not flipping these guys, but um, it, it would be fun to see. Yeah, I think the Downs hype came right after the Arch Manning commitment, yep, which yep. I think we got hype from just about every single five-star almost, it felt like. So <laughs> yeah. um, obviously since then, it's kind of cooled off. Um, we got a laundry list of commitments from the Arch Manning commitment, but um, since then, I, I feel like Caleb Downs was never really an option for, for te- or a serious option for, for Texas. But Peyton Bowen is a guy from... Denton Geyer um, in Texas, currently committed to Notre Dame, but a lot of people do think he's going to flip. Right now, I'm I'm reading on three. They think he's going to cl- flip to either Oklahoma or Texas A&M. Oh, man, I just I just want Texas to drive on over uh, to Denton, <laughs> um, drop a bag, um, and then just drive on back to Austin and hope for the best because. Getting Peyton Bowen would be absolutely massive. I I can't stress it enough how much I want one more defensive back, um, you know, in this recruiting cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that that's kind of the room we were talking about that we needed to add a few players, especially the safety room. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's we don't have a bad class. We have we have Derek Williams, who's a top fifty player in the country, top three safety. Yep. Um, but man, it's, it's, you know. it's definitely, um, quality over quantity in that, in that department. Yes. Whereas I think yeah. the offensive line and defensive line is a lot more, uh, quantity. Um, not even really instead of quality, honestly, cause there's some really good commits in those class in those rooms, but, um, they really went with, uh, quantity there. So, yeah. And, and it's worked out so far. Um, and, and we'll kind of see how it works out next year. Uh, maybe a couple more guys from the 22 class given a chance to start or get some significant minutes, but um, we'll see how it works out. I, I think um, the offensive line is, is set up well for the future. Um, same thing with yeah. the defensive line. Now we just need to work our way back and start working on the, the DBs, linebackers, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of hit the, you kind of hit a point there where last year we only saw one linebacker, um, come in and that was Travell Johnson, a mm-hmm. uh, top 300 player, but you know, uh, not a top uh, 200 player. So somebody who is definitely talented, but maybe not, um, you know, that uber talented linebacker, like we're seeing with the Anthony Hill. So I yep. think they're just incrementally, um, you know, they're going to fix the offensive and defensive lines after that, then they can kind of spread out to the other positions. Also, we saw that with wide receiver, um, so that could be also the, the coaching and Andre Coleman, uh, not recruiting well, but, um, <laughs> we're seeing Texas go after wide receivers a lot harder this cycle. I feel like, um, you know, we already have two committed. We did have Jonah Wilson at one time and it sounds like we're really trying to get another guy like Deandre Moore. We mentioned already. Yeah, and, you know, I, again, I think I feel – or I do feel really well uh, with where we sit with DeAndre Moore, and, and um, I, I think the staff does too. I, I think we already know we have it locked up. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it, I, there, there's some rumors that it's a silent commit, but um, we'll, we'll see yeah. how it turns out on, on early signing day. You know, that's that's where you put pen to paper and you make it official, and it's not just rumors going around anymore. So um, ho- hopefully we have a lot of good news on early signing day, and 
and hopefully some guys uh, a little bit to the east and north of us don't have very good news. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for it. Um, so like I said, we will uh, – do you have anything else before we uh, wrap up here? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, you know, again, it's going to be a fun week or so here before an early signing day. So um, just just stay by your phones. You know, things might get a little exciting, a little hectic. Um, yeah. But overall, overall, it's going to be a, a good, fun week here and, and into the Christmas season. Absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, learn something, or just want to support us at Texas Talk, please rate five stars wherever you're listening. But more importantly, tell your friends and family about us. Uh, spread the word that way. Um, we will be back, like I said, probably next Thursday after National Signing Day 1. Um, we'll talk about the signees a little bit more in depth. Um, we'll talk about early enrollees, guys who will, who we will see in the springtime. Um, because those guys are probably going to be the best set up to play in the 2023 season, as we saw with Cole Hudson, um, in Kelvin Banks last year. So, or sorry, not Kelvin Banks, uh, just Cole Hudson was an early enrollee. So, um, all right. That'll do it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And as always, hook them. Hook them.